just two regular dudes from a state far away. I wouldn't want to live in. They DJ and lift weights. They think they are so great, but no one cared about their opinions. So they start a podcast, I-O-L-T-O-S. I only like their old stuff. That's what they'd say. Whether they hate or hype, they're almost never I'm good. I'm turning on my camera so you can see. Oh, yeah. Let me turn on my camera. We're recording now. It's all, all right. right. You can see behind the scenes a little how the sausage gets made. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? <laughs> and you're taking it a little bit. Now you're all right now. What's up? Buy you a drink. I'm going to buy you a drink. I got money in the bank. Nope. Nope. Drank that's uh bank. that's nope. Drank and bank. It's, it's like just like Shakespeare used to say. <laughs> you know, the thing about Shakespeare is that it was his different pronunciation of all the words. That's right. So he might have it might have been T Pain might have fit right in back then. Well, Gosh, my remember my memory of the great German battle shift is not good enough to know whether or not drank and bank <laughs> would have been working in the Shakespeare's time. That's I I feel caught out. I feel busted. Hey, I feel if anybody should know, it should be you. I shouldn't I should know about the great German battle shift. Hold on. Linguistics. Um, <laughs> What you got? What's on your shirt? Heavy fate. Hold on. Yeah. Yo. I have a question. You have a question. <laughs> okay. The the great German vowel shift. Yeah, the great vowel shift. The great vowel shift. Was that before or after Shakespeare? No, it was before. Well, I so like think of it as starting in middle english so like uh uh just after chaucer yep and then it kind of lasted for a couple hundred years you know because little changes along the way so there were parts that were like pre-Shakespeare and post-Shakespeare, the later stages were like post, I guess. Okay. I have a follow-up question for you. Yeah. Would T Pain's buy you a drink align with pre-Great Vowel Shift pronunciation? <laughs> uh uh 
about so drink if that went if if a went through the vowel shift it would become right yeah so it would no 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 hold on Did uh, it backwards uh, uh, a Oh Lord, I'm trying to think. So number one is a different process, so it's unrelated. But if you said the the vowel uh, was so e e becomes i a becomes e. So no. Does that make sense? So like Yeah. So it, it's it doesn't quite work. But do you like is there a like what's the reason behind it? I'm recording the podcast literally right now. You just got featured on the podcast because yes. I'm gonna have to call you back. <laughs> I love you. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Who who was that? There you have it. Introduce who that was. That's your that's your boy Charlie Farrington Esquire, who has recently been crowned a doctor from the University of Oregon, who nice. has his doctorate in linguistics. And had he known, he would have been on the he actually just started going back and re-listening to the podcast. He oh. he he was like, oh, oh. So he got the funny thing is I called him literally on Saturday with a linguistics question too. So all he's gotten from me in the past like six months is two phone calls with a direct question Stupid and then questions. an immediate thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's 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 interesting. So it didn't quite work. It was it would have been E instead of it. Didn't a, quite so, work. Yeah. But uh, you know, close enough. And yeah, I think yeah. I think the real gift is to our listeners. True. Yeah, they've learned something today. So, welcome to the Great Vowel Shift, episode one seventy three. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. To, I only like their old stuff. Episode one seventy three, the podcast where we answer the question, "What's the hype?" I'm Jay Ho. With me is Groove. Ew. Oh, hey. <laughs> we need to get a T Pain. Like, uh, we need to be able to do it on, you know the voice modulator on, on demand. I'm sure they have that. Well, you know, I mean, we got our, we got our first round of microphones because the listeners of IOTS funded for it. That's true. We did. So maybe we do another fund for, uh, for a soundboard and, uh, you know, voice modulator. Just a soundboard. Yeah. Yeah, just a soundboard where you you can hit the button and say, <laughs> "Calculating with." And well, yeah, Drew Brees. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, who that? Well, yeah, who that? What's up? We're uh, it's a it's a week. Give me a shot. <laughs> Give me a shot. Um, here we are, another episode. Got any uh, housekeeping? Got any number one fans? Maybe maybe you should go and shuck him yourself, old man. Well, <laughs> Seth's trying to get get all hard and stuff. I don't I don't think I have much to update on on the housekeeping. You know, it's the same old bullshit. Motherfuckers trying to get number one fan, but staying number two. 
yeah, like Sepku rating us, you know, playing around with fire with the four star reviews again. Just for the, if, to, as a joke, I'm not laughing though. I'll tell you this shit seriously. He, he actually, you weren't there, but he, 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 he for those of you that listened to the last episode, it was probably, it was, it was the last episode, right? It was probably the greatest turn that you've ever done where you actually legitimately wanted to make Seth Kuhn number one fan. You thought he had, he'd done a great job being a fan. I reminded you of a decades-old four-star review, and you turned so hard. Just snatched it, so hard snatched it away. I mean, even Mikey and Grizzles have never gotten that close. <laughs> and to have it pulled, just snatched from you. Just had the Oscar in his hands. He had the Oscar in his hands, and they were like, nope. We read out the wrong name. What was that year? They yeah. What yeah, was that year? They, they read the wrong name. <laughs> yeah, it was Moonlight one, but they said La La yeah. Land one, I think, or something. Ew. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember. Maybe it was wrong. I can't. I, I, I can't remember who it was. No, I think you're right. It was I Moonlight right. one. La La Land yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Oh man, and he 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 really appreciated that, like a like a like an aged cheese. <laughs> um, Oh, old Bill hit us up. Said he, he sent us his rankings of uh, Batman oh, movies. Y'all yeah, yeah. went off on Batman Forever. Yeah, we talked about Batman Forever. It might be the greatest movie of all time, just because of uh, the penguins alone in it, and uh, and what's his name, Christopher Walken, um, in it. I think, in fact, that the actor that imitated Christopher Walken's son. Yeah, yeah, who <laughs> had like three, six lines, and he 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 sells it hard as he's doing the walking impression as his son. Yeah, Bill's ratings of the Batman movies, which I think were probably more correct than mine was. He has Batman Returns number one, Dark Knight number two, Batman number three. I think I had Batman number two and Dark Knight number three. Uh, number four, Batman Begins. Number five, The Dark Rises. Um, The Dark Knight Rises. Number six, Batman Forever. And then 50 Feet of Shit and number seven, Batman and Robin. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Sepku was upset that the Adam West Batmans were not included for ranking. Like the show? or the There is a Batman movie of Adam West, but I didn't. Uh, yeah, sorry. I don't know how to. I don't, I don't, I've never seen those. I mean, I've seen the show. I never saw the movie, though. All I know from the movie is he's running around. With the, Batman's running around with a giant bomb. Like a, you know, it's like a bowling ball looking thing with the fuse coming out of the top of it, but it's huge. That's like the only, only scene I remember from that. I used to watch that. The show used to come on one of those cable networks when I was in middle school and I used to watch it. But I mean, there's other, there's so many. There's Mask of the Phantasm, which is that animated Batman movie. And there's, there's many more. It depends on how we're defining Batman media, I guess. Batman the animated series might be better than everything because it is fantastic. Yeah, well, really when I asked you for your ranking, I specifically said no Adam West and no animation. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember you saying that, but that, that so tried, his so his fine. gripe was with me. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Whatever. That's fine. Don't care. Don't care. I'm also the reason that he didn't get number one fan. Yeah, you, you know? are. So I appreciate that though. That's well, that's, but we, to be honest, we have to work as a team you, sometimes. He can. 
you know? He can only blame himself. Yeah, he should never let that four-star review. Some things you just cannot come back from. It's uh, Some betrayals. <laughs> some betrayals are just, you can't fix it, you know? So, so what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. It's all right. I'm tired. Couldn't sleep last night. So Jackie was like, tossing and turning all night and then she got up and went to the couch and left the dog in the room with me and what happens at that point is uh the dog is so uh, attached to her that he just paces the room and cries it's like where is she where is she where is she and so i was like in a state where i was falling asleep and waking up and then falling asleep and waking up and then finally had to go put him out and you know to go sleep on the couch with her yeah so i'm exhausted right now well, you're having a great air day. Thanks, man. I let it down. Yeah, I left it down that. today, so you know. Yeah. Thanks. I am. It's been a it's been a rough hair week because it's been a uh, frizzy. It's been a lot of rain, so my hair gets frizzy. But you know, but yeah, doing all right. How yeah. are you? How's things going with you? Oh man, it, it feels scary to be asked that by you. I, I don't trust it. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous because I don't have a lot prepared for today's episode in the, in the traditional part. Yeah, we, we're not supposed to go too long today anyway because we both got stuff we got to do this afternoon. So, Yeah, so I kind of have a topic or two. But, um, I, you know, aside from that, I always get, I always feel bad when I don't have all the questions answered because I feel like you're going to – your disappointment is the, is the disappointment that I try to avoid. Probably 10th. You're in the top 10 people I don't like to disappoint. I appreciate that. That's a, that's well, it's not because I care about you. It's because your your vitriol is more. Yeah, it's not worth it to others. let me down because I will just hold it over your head forever. I mean, it is you know <laughs> it is a difficult task to answer three questions about your own life for a podcast. It is there's a lot of prep that's to go into it. It takes hours and hours to come up with a hype, not the hype, and the hype's still out. So I, I get it. What you do? So do you just need me to do all the questions because you haven't prepared anything? No, I've got a couple. Don't worry about me. <laughs> you can't even improv anything. No, I got, I got. All right. Stuff. What's your height? What, what's, what's your, your height? height? What's my height? No. no. <laughs> gift of the Magi. Um, <clears throat> my hype is that Secret Record Night's coming back. So in your face, shitting on my vinyl Illuminati because Secret Record Night presented by Vinyl Illuminati's coming back. In August, I don't have any details yet, but I've secured a location, and uh, so that's my that's my vinyl record night, and so I'm excited about that. Oh, tell me more about this. This is where everybody shows up with a record and they play it for other people. No, it's like a it's a curated thing. So I like I'll ask somebody to come and I'll play a little bit of my record collection, but then I have a guest every time, and that's the main thing is them. And so I try to ask people that aren't DJs. I mean, I, will, I have had DJs come and do it, but it's not about the DJing part of it. It's about bringing some genres of music you like. And I'll often kind of ask people, like they can, people can play whatever they want, but I'll ask people to like kind of do a theme, you know, like to what they, like some stuff that they like. And like, it might be like indie rock or it might be soul music or something like that. Um, I tend to play a lot of like soul records and stuff at it. And uh, just, you know, it's kind of open format kind of thing, but... It's based on uh, the guys from Augusta that my nephew and his crew up there did a uh, secret record night there. And so yeah. they would have people come in and like 
some dude came in and played a bunch of Hawaiian music <laughs> one night and like it's just kind of a neat little you know you never know what you're gonna what you're gonna hear um we try to keep it like not super aggressive so it's not like death metal like you know because they're usually the location the two locations we've done it at are restaurant places type places so it's got to be kind of accessible but you know yeah that's cool it's only a couple hours and you know play some records and you know it's fun so do people dance if we play dance music, yeah. Sometimes I'll play like an 80 set and people like to dance to that. And then, yeah, it just depends. I've had people dance at it, but, you know, it just sort of depends on the vibe. It's like sometimes people just want to sit and talk and listen, you know, so. I like that. I'm here for that. Yeah. I'm going to do Secret Record Night by myself. We do one, start night. one up there. Um. I don't, I don't know if I want other people coming around because that seems like one of those situations where I'd be sitting there being like, ah, I think I could choose better songs than this. <laughs> we'll just have you just be the special guest every time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> we call it David's record night. That's right. There you go. That's, that's basically training at the Providence Barbell Club. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you just, <laughs> you just stream it. Um, yeah, so that's my hype. What's your hype? Uh, Secret Record Night um, <laughs> is coming up. Yeah, that's my hype's still out. I would think. So it's like, <laughs> I, uh, I I think that, um, and I know that it's bigger than me. Okay, I understand that it's bigger than me. But in my little small community, fanny packs are coming back, and I kind of led the charge with it. You know, I'm into it. Man. So I got all sorts of people text messaging me pictures of them out in these streets with the fanny pack on. I've got people the, uh, talking about. Oh, I want a fanny pack. I want a fanny pack. I'm like, dog. The fanny pack's like ten bucks. Go get you a fanny get pack. Get you a fanny. I'm I'm pro fanny pack. I like being able to carry things. That's why I like cargo shorts. Um, but I, I I have a I have a bunch of lumbar bags, which is just a big fanny pack. Um, I don't have like a, a small like traditional, you know, for for fanny pack purists. I don't have that size, but I have I have like three of the 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 lumbar bags and uh i usually i carry them sling style usually not not around my waist so it's kind of cheating but i think that accessorizing with a pack yeah is acceptable um in this you know genre of accessorizing yeah um and so i'm going to tell you i ship that yeah i like to keep certain things with me we got my little like you know got a little first aid kit in my bag all the time Little, yeah, little multi-tool, you know, stuff like that. You got what else? You got some like you know rescue blanket, little uh, fishing fish hooks, you know. <laughs> so you never know. You never know when you might need them. Some yeah, some matches, life raft, couple matches. Yeah, one of those flint and Keep steel things that you know. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a little tool pack that I have that I carry it in my backpack, the my bigger backpack. But it has like tweezers in it and little couple little screwdrivers and stuff. I have the tweezers. Hey. And everybody makes fun of it until they need some shit out of it. And then they're like, Hey, uh, I know you got a screwdriver in there. Can we uh borrow it? I'm like, Nope. Should have thought of that before <laughs> you before you shit on it. You should have thought about that before you gave this backpack a four star review. 
That's right, man. That's good to you know, have what's your chargers like, and stuff. I don't know. What's my what's not the hype? Not, my sleep yeah, schedule. My sleep schedule is fucked up. I like I go to sleep and then like I wake up at some point in time around like four AM and then I'm awake for like two hours and then I go back to sleep, you know. And I just mm. cannot shake it. It sucks. I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe you try staying up from 4 a.m. and then you go to bed that night. Just like, just, just suffer through the day. Yeah, maybe. Get it out one yeah, day. Yeah. I'm always on the verge of like, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and get up. And then I'm like, oh no, I'm, oh, I'm asleep now. Sorry. False alarm. <laughs> uh, it takes like that whole two hours to decide that I'm going to get up. And then at the end of it, I'm like, fall asleep right before the end of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's just not the hype. What's your not the hype? Well, my sleep schedule has been really <laughs> fucked up lately. And, uh, no, my not the hype is the fact that I couldn't answer what's the hype and not the hype this week. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. See, you always got something. You always got one. <laughs> uh, well, hype's still out. What are, you got any hype still out? Yeah, man. I think I'm going to – I I think – I think I'm just going to wear shorts with a five-inch inseam at most for the rest of the year. The short shorts? Short shorts. Yeah, right. man. I Hey, I went on that plan like two summers ago. Now, I did it. I've had shorts that come down to like right above my knees. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't, ha- I don't have a lot of shorts that go below my knees. I don't really wear those. But I've been wearing shorts that come above my knees since maybe 2006 yeah but i'm talking about i'm talking about a good two three inches of thigh yeah short yeah i i I switched a couple summers ago now i was wearing it mostly wearing them like to the pool and to the beach and stuff like more like swimwear type deal but like i've that's a lot of my any of my shorts that are not like cotton are that short short shows off my tattoos man there you go. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, think about showing off my, my legs, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to, if you, if you're going to air condition your legs like that, might as well go all out and have it be short, you know? Get the airflow. You know, it's a little, it's a little bit height still out because when I sit down, these shorts, it's, it's the shorts I'm wearing right now. I've had these shorts for like two, three years. And yeah. You got to be, you got to be I careful. Just, I just, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like 93 degrees today, yeah. which is incredible heat for us up here. And when I sit down, my boxers underneath are showing because yeah. they run up so much. And I just, I feel like I ought to be a little bit more conservative. You know, I don't want to inflame the masses you know, yeah. and just have all these people just responding in, in such lustful ways. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think that was the reaction. I wasn't, I was what I was thinking of. I was thinking more of, you know, mild disgust. No, uh, that no, dude's balls are hanging it's out. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that man's balls. <laughs> I got some other, not the hype. I bought a, I bought a, a record off of Bandcamp camp the other day. And they, they just got a, a refund. Got an email that said, thanks for your order. Unfortunately, we're out of that out. What album was well, it? Four, I don't, it was a it's a it was a Tareg musician uh, um, by the name of 
I knew Malane. Um, Dang, yeah. It's like a 1986 recording. Um, and, I, you know, I stumbled upon it. Actually, the guy that I called, Charlie, he found it in a record store in Eugene, Oregon. And he sent me, like, the link to, like, listen to it on yeah. Bandcamp. And I was like, this is fire. I'm going to buy it. And then they don't have it. Was it a re a re release of it, or was it from nineteen eighties? Yeah, but you just got to get on Discogs, man. Hit up yeah, Discogs. I could, but I like I, I wanted to, you know, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hit up. They ain't got so it, Hell man. Sounds is the record label. Yeah, you you get the original on Discogs. Might, I have had. Though, I don't know. So here's my take. Tell me I'm wrong. I want to buy the record from the record label itself, or I want to find the record in the wild. Uh, yeah, but there's just some, I, I just, I just don't, we have one record store here, which is very good. Well, actually we have like two, but the other one's not that great. And the, the one gravity records is pretty awesome here, but there's just some, they just don't have a huge selection. They have a decent selection, but uh, you know, I'm not in a town where I have like five record stores to go to. And then, if it's something really obscure, it's just really hard to find it in the wild. So, uh, you know, if I can find it on Discogs, I will. But um, it depends on what it is. If it's something popular, I might wait and see if I could find it. Like, I've never bought a copy of, like, Dark Side of the Moon because I'm always like, one day I'm going to find it in the thrift shop and I'm going to be like, this is my copy. But, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, I try. If it's, like, yeah. modern stuff, like new releases, I try to support the record label and the artist directly. Um yeah, I mean, I usually buy from Bandcamp and go straight to that artist. Yeah. Um. All right, what what's your hype still out? Uh, The Matrix Four. What? Christina Ricci just got added. Did she? I I I I'd, I'd yeah. forgotten all about that the movie that was coming out, and then uh, it started popping up on some newsfeed stuff. Maybe it was because of her being added, but. Uh, I don't know your opinion on the Matrix movies. I think the first one's fantastic. Um, yeah. And the next two are really bad. Um, <laughs> so uh, the fourth one I want to watch just out of curiosity. But I have, I, I'm, I'm going to say it now. I don't think it's going to be hype. I think it's going to be uh, sad. Yeah. Disappointing. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be Cyberspace John Wick. Yeah. Well, I mean, the original one's kind of like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll see. The other two, I cannot tell you what happens in the other two. Other than there's like a bunch of people dancing at a rave thing underground. Um, that's about and, it. In Zion, man. In Zion, yeah. What have you been consuming? Um, so we watched. Um, we I want to. I'm trying to watch the uh, original Universal horror movies because I did a my thesis in college, like my undergrad. It wasn't really a thesis, but it was like my main thing I had to do for my film major. Was uh, the big research paper I did was on the original Universal horror movies. They they were around you know nineteen twenty nine to nineteen forty or whatever, and that's Dracula, Frankenstein, 
And Jackie likes horror movies, so she's like, well, let's watch one of those. So we watched The Mummy, the original one from 1932 with Boris Karloff, also known as the voice of the Grinch. And uh, he also played Frankenstein. And it was really good. It was really well shot. It was uh, just a good old movie. And uh, then Jackie was like, we got to watch The Mummy from 1999 because I had actually never seen that because all those like action movies from the early 2000s, I just skipped over all of them because I don't like that kind of movie very much. But we watched it, and um, it was good. I enjoyed it. It was a nice little adventure movie, you know. I like I like Brendan Fraser. He's uh, you know the main role in it and stuff. So watch that. What did we talk about his his like unfortunate life? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we had. I think we. I think I brought up Doom Patrol. Yeah, because you were watching yeah, that TV yeah, show. Yeah, Doom Patrol, which they just wrapped season three of that, so that's coming out soon. Uh, he's he's really good on that. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad because I think he he could have had more roles, you know. Um, sure. I mean, but I mean, it's good to see him come back with this because he's really good in Doom Patrol. Um, and uh, yeah, so we watched that, and then on my same, uh, you know game show tip you know i talked about the price is right last episode but um we've been watching the new press your luck it's like a reboot of the old did you ever watch the 80s press your luck tv show oh. you don't know what it is is that the no no whammies no whammies no, no whammies. whammies yeah big bucks no whammies big bucks no whammies i watched i watched that uh documentary about that guy that broke it yeah, the guy famously, this dude, he's he's passed away now, but in like 1985 or something, he met, it's a board and it's got prizes going around it, and if you land on a whammy, you lose everything. And when you land on the whammy, it goes wow, and then a little cartoon devil comes up and sings a little song and it's high pitched. So he had memorized the board to where he just he could go infinite. So he knew because you can get more spins by landing on the get a spin. And so he like lasted for like three episodes or something because they didn't realize that there was a pattern to the board when they designed it. It's an interesting documentary. Um, and he, yeah, he 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 broke the game, and then they had to redesign how they did the game so it was f- better randomized. Um, but uh-huh. it, it, this this reboot is, and I think they rebooted it uh, like ten years ago again, as they often do. But this reboot, um, it doesn't have the original host because the original host died in a plane crash. Um, but the, Peter Tamarkin, RIP, but it has Elizabeth Banks as the host and she's pretty good at it. And the, the game show is exactly the same as it was in the original. Like the, it, the lights look the same. The board looks the same. Everything looks like it's kind of throwback looking and the, the pretty much the structure of the show is the same, but I like it because it is a show about degenerate gamblers because it is press your luck. So you can choose whether to continue to take your spins like you earn spins uh-huh. by answering questions, but so you can either take the spins and run the risk of getting the whammy, which zeroes your score, your your prizes out, right? Or you can pass the spins to the the highest, the person with the most money, and they have to take the spins. So it's a there's a strategy to it, you know, to where it's like, okay, well, do I want to press my luck one more time, or do I want to pass it and see if I can get them to get yeah. a whammy? So, you know, if you got 10 spins, you're probably going to get a whammy in those 10 spins. So if you get like, you know, you land on a car or something and you got like 40 grand built up, pass them spins, you know, have make other people use yeah. them. But then I just love it when people yeah. just, people just, 
you're like this the it's clear what this person needs to do and they just do not do the thing that they need to do and they cuz they're just a degenerate gambler and then they lose That's, and i'm just shouting i was I just yell at the screen when the uh, whammy hits because that's like the noise it makes. I want to see Howie from Uncut Gems on that show. The what? I want to see Howie from Uncut Gems on that show. Oh, yeah. It pretty much is like Uncut Gems, the game show. I loved it as a kid because I loved when people hit the... uh, Maybe this is where I got my schadenfreude from. Because I loved it when they when they hit the whammy because it was a it was an ind- a distinct uh, animated different animation every time with the little devil and I was like yes I want to see the animations and so you know I got to where I was cheering for people losing their money instead of you know cheering for them winning so so anyway watch some kid trip and fall on the sidewalk and just imagine some animation across your own screen. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so that's my consuming. You're a little quiet when you lean back like that, by the way. No, it's I still can't hear you as good. For some reason, it's like the mic doesn't work as good when you're farther away. Well, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm sorry. Move the table that you got <laughs> the computer. On. I literally can't hear you. Um, what's your What's your consuming? Well, you know, it's funny you you mentioned this because I. <clears throat> I went to some friend's house uh, on Saturday night. Yeah. It's like this group that plays tabletop games, mm-hmm. and like I'm like a I'm like a a featured artist on their song whenever they invite me because I don't I don't go I don't get invited every time. I think they just you know when they remember that I'm alive they invite yeah. me, and um, we play this game called Skulls. Which is like Liar's Dice. Do you ever play Liar's Dice? I have played it, yeah. I haven't played Skulls, though. So the setup to Skulls is you have four cards. Three of them are flowers, and one of them is a skull. Yeah. And everybody has to put a card down to start. And then, you know, when it's your turn, you can either add another card to your stack, or you can bet how many flowers you can flip without flipping a skull. Right. And the point of the game is to win two rounds yeah and it it winds up being really hard to win two rounds and is a is a fun you know it's kind of end game strategy is different than early game strategy and it's incredibly simple but at the same time it, it kind of winds up being like almost the same strategy as paper rock scissors and mm-hmm. you know the, it, it was really fun but <clears throat> your discussion of that whammy's <laughs> Like that made me think of that because, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, in game is really, it's fun to, if you're playing with a fun group of people, it's fun to laugh at the people that are, you know, bidding these crazy numbers yeah. and, uh, and flipping over skulls to start, and, and you know, it's just stuff, like, yeah. uh, but I've been listening to, Ooh, that's my alarm. I'm trying to Jeez. win an eBay auction. Oh, you need to go. Uh, no, I don't need to go. I'm just gonna log into eBay real quick and make sure my bid is good. Um, I only got 16 minutes. Confirm bid done. Nice. Okay, I've been listening. I got two artists to bring up. Um, one you know of, Blues Traveler, just released two new songs. Oh, I didn't know that. You should go check. Go check out one of them. I will. Yes. Um, and then, and then a buddy of mine. 
<clears throat> sent me this musician. She's got a three song EP out right now. I don't know if she has more out or not because I just went to that EP that he sent. Yeah. Her name is Savannah Conley. Mm-hmm. Um, C-O-N-L-E-Y. And I don't really know how to classify her. I just think she's got a great voice and she makes good music and it's worth checking out. The The song that I would send you to is a song called Never Be Ourselves. I've put both of these songs, a new the new Blues Traveler and the new Savannah Conley's, on my summer 2021 playlist if anybody's on spotify and they're following that playlist you'll you'll find it featured on there yeah um it's it's good she's good man i i think uh i think you'll like her i mean it's only three songs and the one song that i featured on that on that playlist is in my opinion the kind of like most all-around good the first two songs are a little bit a little bit sad you mm-hmm. know um, i don't mind sad either. but that's me yeah that's a that's, that's a new release. Consuming. That's a new release. Yes, yeah, new release. Yeah, that's good. I have I, I I've been woefully. I I'm gonna have to cram at the end of the year because I've just not been listening to new stuff all year. Um, so I'll check it yeah. out. I need to start getting in the habit of catching some new stuff instead of just going through old '90s albums. But it's uh that's kind of part of the course for you. Yeah, it is, but. You know, I was I, I did make an effort to listen to so much more new music last year because of the podcast, but you know, I, I didn't keep it up. So I'll just wait until December and just listen to it all in December. But yeah, oh, I listened to uh, August and Everything After by Counting Crows again this week too, and I hadn't listened to that album in a while. And <laughs> this is a really good album. It's such a great. There's so many good songs on it. Murder of One is so good. Omaha is great. Uh, I was listening to it because County Crows is coming to Wilmington because we got that new amphitheater thing. And so... Did you get, did you get tickets or all the crazy city Raleigh going to come get all your tickets? Oh, they're gone, I think. I don't think I'll be able to go see them. So I think they're already sold out. They sold out immediately and now the tickets are like... And it's like if you... I could go to Raleigh and see County Crows for like 30 bucks. But because it's here... And it sells out. It's going to be a hundred dollars for a ticket, you know. But um, yeah. anyway, what is the what is the most money that you would pay to go see a Counting Crows concert? What's, what's your? Uh, mm, I don't know. Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. Go yeah. see a Counting Crows. Fifty bucks. Yeah. What about how much money would you pay to go see Three Eleven? Uh, I would spend 30 bucks. That's what I thought I you'd think. go. Okay. And how much money would you pay to go see a reunion tour of U2? Reunion tour of U2? Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know because like, you know, I used to love U2 so much and now the older U2 is just not good at all. And so... <laughs> I mean, I, I, P Dog and I have seen you two several times together. And one time I went to Tampa and was 10 feet away from the stage. So it's hard to beat that. So that kind of tempers my whole, like, I don't think I'll ever have a concert experience like that again. But I mean, I've paid $75 to see him. I'd probably pay a hundred bucks. I don't know. You pay it. You go see him for a hundred bucks. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. <clears throat> Is there a band you would pay more than a hundred dollars to go see? Uh, it would have been Jawbreaker, but they hmm. we got to go see them for like forty dollars. So 
when they got when they got back together. But I would pay. Uh, I would pay. I would pay uh, probably over a hundred bucks to see the original Misfits if they. I'm not gonna go to like where they're at if they came close to me. Um, uh-huh. And actually, maybe My Chemical Romance, I might be willing to pay that much for, to be honest. Um, okay. Just because, like, I've always wanted to see them, and like, they just got back together, and they they were touring before the, they started touring before the pandemic, and then they they had to reschedule everything. So, um, yeah, I don't know what I I, I don't know if, what equivalent I can ask you for. But you'd probably pay like way more than I would for a concert ticket. Just because well, I think that you're more okay. Into, I don't. I don't like your tone. I just think that you're more like into the live experience than I am. Like I like going to shows, but I'm not quite as into it as you are. I don't think. I like to go if it's like yeah, uh, sure. if it's like with some people that I'm excited to go see a show with. Like I like going to see shows with you. You know that that like I would go. Yeah. I would pay more to see Three Eleven if I was going with like you and some of our like like ninja t and stuff i would pay more than 30 bucks at that point to see three well so because that's an experience i mean what what we can take away from that is despite all the trash talk you direct at me you've now admitted publicly that i am value added to any situation you might find yourself in uh i wouldn't go so far as to say any situation i think there's some situations where you're a liability (laughs) but um Going to shows with you is fun. We usually eat fried chicken in the parking lot and, you know, hype it up. And yeah. Yeah, we ought to do that. You go hot. We ought to, we ought to crowdsource. A, a, we got to crowdsource a concert for yeah. the, for all the, all the IOL 2S people that will go. We should. You know, the, the sad thing is I'm <clears throat> old Bill here in Rhode Island sent me a link to, Kevin Morby and Waxahachie, they're playing a show together up, up the road in Massachusetts the same weekend I'm out of town. Oh, man. I would go see that so for sure. Disappointing. Yeah. Are they going to both be a great... do solo sets or are they just playing together? They're doing solo sets, I think, on the same night. They're, they're doing it in Kansas City tonight. Uh, and that was the... Uh, or maybe it's not... The, I don't know. They they have a set. They, they're doing it in Kansas City. I, yeah. I was trying to buy tickets for that, and then the tickets were sold out by the time I got to the computer. Yeah. Uh, but then they're, you know, I, I think they're probably going to be at the uh, scaled down version of Newport Folk Festival because the weekend that they're playing in Massachusetts is the same weekend as the Folk Festival. Wait, but you're going to be out so of they're town. Probably gonna... So you're not going to go to the Folk yeah. Festival this year? This year, it was, um, they had to announce the what they were going to be doing before all the regulations got lifted so they're uh, not having stages and they're yeah. just doing like arts and crafts and storytelling they said they're gonna have music and it's gonna be two three-day events so they're doing a three-day event friday saturday sunday which is my friends are gonna come in that would have been we would have been going to the folk festival we decided instead to rent a house in maine uh, and we're just gonna go you know hang out with each other yeah but i on the on the down low i bought a ticket for the monday tuesday wednesday yeah um so they're all gonna get on an airplane on monday and then i'm gonna skip over to the fort adams and yeah. go to that and i'll go to a little bit on tuesday but i have to work tuesday afternoon and then wednesday's my day off so i'll, I'll catch i'll catch it whatever it yeah. is yeah. i'll catch whatever it is. i just we all decided it's probably not going to be the same and it'll be back probably next year in full force so you know, we'll, we'll hop back on that train next year. Yeah. So, 
Um, well, I guess, you know, ultimately, if you're not watching the UFC, get the fuck out. Welcome to the UFC, bitch. Uh, this episode. Speaking of, speaking of going to concerts together. Yeah. One of the greatest, you know, concerts that we went to together was Modest Mouse. And here we are. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Modest Mouse and R.E.M. And this is this is the OC season two episode seven, the family ties, and the big the the best part of the episode is that Modest Mouse plays at the bait shop in this episode, and I this is one of the bands that I specifically remembered playing on the show because I'd already been a fan of Modest Mouse, and this is like right when Good News came out, you know, Good News for people who love bad news, which is their most commercially viable album, I guess, um, and. Yeah, it brought back. I mean, I've seen Modest Mouse six times now, I think, and one of those times was with you. We went to see them in REM, and it was an incredible show. It was so great. Uh, REM was great too, and um, yeah, I mean, it brought back good memories to see them performing, and it specifically them performing on that version of the the band. By the time we had seen them, now they have like 18 members that are on stage and it's just so much going on that it like takes away that stripped down kind of lo-fi feeling of them, which is what they want to do now. They want to be like an orchestra and all this stuff. But like the last time I saw them, it was almost exhausting, if that makes any sense. Because it's like a million people on stage and I don't know. And it's like loud and like it, they're like playing over each other and stuff. And this was just the core group of the band in this episode playing at the bait shop and you know and they were going for it man like isaac brock you would think he would phone it in for something like this but he was excited to be there and uh yeah it yeah. looked like they were playing the set and, and yeah. to be honest with you so my schedule today you know i have these couple of hours to come home make lunch and then we record and then i go back to work and for some reason i i don't know what happened because i i came back and like just kind of plumb forgot about the timeline. And I was like, oh my gosh, if I'm going to get this episode of the OCN before we start recording, I have to start watching it as I'm cooking lunch. Yeah. And so I had the computer open. I was a little bit frustrated with myself that I wasn't able to take as the normal notes that I take for the first couple minutes because I was cooking. And I was just, I had my headphones in. So I was like listening to the episode as the computer was playing it, you know, but like not looking at the episode so much. And I was like half in, half out, which is the first time this whole run that I haven't just like deliberately yeah. sat down and yeah. watched it, you know? Yeah. And and then I heard Olivia, whatever her character's name is, I heard her go, I'll see you at the Modest Mouse concert tonight. And I fucking dropped my spatula and I turned around and I got excited. I was yeah. like, Modest Mouse! Yeah. I didn't spoil it for you, but I knew that it was coming. Um yeah, and it is like imagine seeing Modest Mouse at that venue. It's a tiny venue. It wasn't crowded. There's very few people there, uh, and of course the main characters are just like, "Well, we got to go talk in the parking lot while Modest Mouse plays." And it's like, "No, you idiots, go listen. This is one of the greatest fans of all time." Uh, I, I loved it when you like I've seen I've seen Modest Mouse six times. One of them was you. One of them was at the bait shop. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to see them at the. Now that's this concert I would pay. I would pay five hundred dollars to go see them at the bait shop. I yeah, think. you know the be- and and just to derail, I've seen them. I think I've seen them five times. I think you yeah. got one more on me. I might but have only seen them five. Of, it just depends. I can't. I would have to like look at my tickets or something. But anyway, yeah, I 
I kind of saw them in a bait shop like setting. Mm -hmm. um, this was 2005. Yeah. And it was in Atlanta. And it was outdoor at a like a pavilion type place, but there weren't more than 250 people there. Oh, yeah. And um, and that was like one of my favorite concert going experiences. Certainly my favorite one. Of, you know, it was a really great show. It was like I went with like it was like six friends. We all went together. Yeah. And it was it was a great time. It was a great show. It was a great show. And they jammed into that paper thin walls. And that's just like a yeah. live like that's like a greatest hits live, you know, kind of like performance from them always yeah. is that that song is when they came in on the bait shop and that was the song and it was like a musical yeah. transition, right? Like yeah. they cued that ding, song ding, before ding, the previous ding, scene ding, was ding, over. Ding, 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 and I just, I was yeah. just singing right along. Yeah. So good. It was great. Yeah. Um, okay. Definitely the Go highlight of the episode. Recap. All right. So the recap of the episode, we got a couple plot lines going on here. We have, uh, Seth is trying to, uh, we're still like trying to like make these, you know, our main character, the Scooby-Doo gang is not dating each other now. So they're dating these other people. And so we're navigating the, these relationships to varying degrees of success with all of them. We've got, uh, Ryan has the awkward situation the, a lot of Ryan's storyline in this episode is the awkwardness between him and Lindsay, because Lindsay's technically his aunt in a way, uh, it definitely Kirsten's sister. So, and there are a lot of jokes are made a lot of like, you know, going back and forth about whether they could date or not. And they're kind of not dating, but they kind of like Lindsay really likes him and he likes her, but like he feels weird about it. So that's one storyline. Seth is trying to impress Olivia Wilde's character. Um, because he thinks she needs a, uh, she needs a, a bad boy. So he's trying to like be the bad boy. Notably, he gets really drunk at the, uh, modest mouse show and makes an ass out of himself. Um, Later on, he steals a car, steals Caleb's car. Yep. So we have that. We have Caleb getting out of jail and is free um, because of all the stuff that happened with the, you know, Lindsay's mom testifying in his behalf or whatever, um, clearing his name. Uh, and then we have the Julie and uh, Jimmy situation. Um, and more notably, Jimmy. And this is the episode where Jimmy leaves the show. Um, I did. I thought this was coming, but I thought it was at the end of the season. And this is like not even halfway through the season. So it's like Jimmy realizing he loves uh, Julie again, but her not being willing to leave Caleb and him knowing that he should not be with Julie. So he decides to leave to go to Maui um, to go work on yachts or something. <laughs> And so they have, they have a, they don't really specify what he's doing. He's just like, you know, they have yachts in Maui. And so I'm going to yachts. I'm going to go, go yacht for money. Um, then, so they have a going away party for Jimmy. Uh, and one of the funniest lines is, <laughs> it's, um, Seth. I says, wrote it down too. He's, Seth, what was the line? said i feel like i should be used to this by now but what's tonight's party about yeah <laughs> or we're having a party tonight yeah so making fun of the fact that this show is basically a show about hosting parties and uh they're always hosted at the cohen's house 
I really thought that Julie was going in the pool, but she didn't. It's one of those <laughs> uh, Mandela effects or whatever, where it's like I've I've remembered every party having some in this show having someone go in the pool, and only one time has it actually happened. Um, yep. But, uh, but it yeah. was Julie, and it was Ailey, and it yeah. was about Jimmy. It was, yeah. So we had all that, and we have Marissa dealing with her dad leaving. Um, and it, I did feel bad for Marissa this episode because it is kind of like her parents just have abandoned her. Um, and she you knows she's got a lot of uh, vitriol towards both of them. Um, and yeah, that's that's the. That's the recap, I guess. Um, well, there's also Zach has made out with someone on vacation and he wants to tell Summer. And so for some reason he asks Seth for advice and Seth blows up his spot drunk when he's drunk. You know, uh, again, another relate. I'm, I'm, there's a pattern here. Zach has hooked up with some older woman. This show has like a theme of like, inappropriate relationships between children and adults. Um, <laughs> I don't know what Josh Schwartz must have some, some therapies working through or something. Cause it just keeps being a thing. Um, you know, and the fact that like Zach is kind of stand in for Luke in so many ways, he's like nicer Luke yeah. um, to have this sort of parallel of him hooking up with the older woman is kind of like, like wrote, I guess, but um, and all this stuff kind of uh, crescendos at the Modest Mouth concert and then kind of finishes up at the party. Um, so, yeah. What are your notes that you wanted to go over? Well, I thought the cold open was great. Yeah. Um, it was just good comedy, good work, good writing. They've had some um, really nice scenes this season with Sandy, Seth, and Ryan, the three of them. Yeah. And they have a good they have a good rapport with each other as actors, so. Nice as in lacking any edge or danger. Yeah. That's when that's when Seth said, you know, I don't I don't want to shock him, old man. Um <laughs> yeah. he and I, and actually he kind of got me. I was like, oh my goodness, you know, like he slams Seth's that corn on the table and he's like, I'm not shucking this corn, old man. Shuck it yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then and then Sandy just oh you had me quaking in my boots there for a second. Yeah, him and Seth, him great. and Ryan just bust out laughing. <laughs> yeah, at him. That's another uh, great. Seth and the wife Peter was great. Yeah, Seth wearing the wife Peter. Yeah, I was just gonna borrow your shirt. You I know? need to. I need to borrow your wrist cuff. <laughs> yeah, he's like, remember that choker you had too? Okay, he's, <laughs> Ryan's like, no. <laughs> um. <laughs> you've, you've made reference to this. I mean, really, honestly, most of the comedy of this episode came straight from Seth. Um, yeah. If you need me, I'll be drinking by the speaker because I don't care about tinnitus. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Summer had a great line um, when she saw Seth at the concert. She said, ew, your breath smells like Marissa. I had that written down. Your breath smells like Marissa. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Are you drunk? Uh, uh, 
I I did think that the Jimmy leaving plotline was really terrible. I need to learn how to be a real dad, so I'm leaving. And he's just like, oh, I can't handle it here, you know? Yeah, so I I, I did some research because I was like, I guess Tate Donovan just was sick of being on the show and got off of it. And uh, it's just a little trivia. I looked it up, and he actually said in interviews, he said, I loved the show, and I didn't want to leave. And they just called me up one day and said, we're writing Jimmy off the show. And he kind of like was like, well, I want to have a chance to like redeem Jimmy as like a father and stuff. And they're like, nope. And mm. um, he was he 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 called it out. He's like he's like, it was stupid to have me say I'm gonna go to Maui to learn to be a better dad. Like by leaving my children. Like why would why would Jimmy do that? And so it's it is kind of sad for for Tate Donovan that he had to leave the show like that way. But and it feels very rushed. Um, and not you know out of character. Yeah. Know? I mean, Jimmy. Jimmy is a bad dad. He's not a good dad, but he's not that bad. Where he's just gonna leave and go to Maui, you know? It's it's just stupid. That's yeah, it's pretty dumb. bad. I don't know why they chose to write him out that way. They they run out of things to do with the characters. I know that Luke's the actor that played Luke wanted to leave the show, so they wrote him off. But you know, these the the characters that aren't in the core, they kind of run out of things for them to do. So, and eventually, I think we will have that with like Lindsay and Zach and these other peripheral characters. You know, of course, because they just for, they just run out of things to do with them. Um, yeah, I mean, there was that line about like, oh, this is classic, you know, just like a normal family saga where you are secretly dating your surrogate mother's estranged illegitimate sister or something like <laughs> yeah, that yeah. you know it was like very self-aware soap opera um yeah. i wrote thank god we got a party yeah i think it's been a couple of episodes yeah, and yeah, the line was i know we should probably be used to this by now but why are we having a party <laughs> yeah, that's um, very good. As, as seth is escaping the party he says yeah oh, just give him some of that ryan out with double talk and ryan goes i barely talk <laughs> yeah that was a good one <laughs> Um, Ryan had some good lines. Drunk Marissa, drunk Marissa is the worst. Um, screwed up on the dollar of a slut and a thief. Man, she, ooh, yeah, scorched she, earth. She, she, was and taking no prisoners. I, I don't expect us to continue to have his presence, but I feel like DJ was kind of okay in this episode. Like he was like trying to keep Marissa from embarrassing herself and then he stayed with her at the pier and he called jimmy to come yeah. get her like you know if dj was actually as as kind of creepy as we would have thought he was earlier by wanting to go to a high school the snow sea yeah you know like he would have probably taken advantage of drunk marissa but here he is keeping her company on the pier and not making a move yeah and he yeah he did the right thing by talking to her dad and everything i think that i think this whole thing could have been alleviated with him if it was different casting and he didn't look like he was 40 you know so i don't think he's supposed to be 40 yeah. like i think that maybe he's you know supposed to be 18 or something but he he looks so old he looks older than than tate donovan so yeah uh, um so we've got the uh, Lindsay and Ryan let's kiss for experiment's sake to see if it's a kissing your sister yeah kind of thing and that uh, at that moment I think it's an Elliot Smith song I, I don't have, know if you wrote uh, this I down have, I have them written yeah Twilight written and performed by Elliot Smith I actually didn't notice that yeah so 
I'm going to go on record now and say that the three Modest Mouse songs that we get, the two at the bass shop, and then at the very end when the Coens are doing Bagels with Marissa yeah. is another Modest Mouse song. And then this Elliot Smith song, this is in my Hall of Fame for best songs on any single episode of the OC. So like these th- these four songs in particular? Yeah, it's Paper Thin Walls by uh, Amonis Mouse. The View, which was on uh, that uh, Good News for People Who Love Bad News album. That was the two that they performed at the bait shop. And then later on, The World at Large masterfully plays over the kind of final montage of the episode. Um, and yeah, they and are really I, I strong. Will... I, I, I will say, and I want to go, I mean, we can come back to the music here, but yeah, I thought it was a great song cue for that moment. And I think that moment hit me a lot harder than I thought it was going to. Like all the stuff at the party and Jimmy leaving and all this stuff, I was just like kind of rolling my eyes, like whatever, we just kind of have to get through this and it's a way for them to create drama. But that next morning when Marissa shows up and she's in that big oversized hoodie yeah. and she's, you know, because she's usually dressed you know, in very soap opera fashion, and she got the bagels. It broke my heart, and I was getting a little bit dusty, and it was the music cue that was helping out a lot, but, like, you've got, you know, lots of hours of relationship building uh, of her with this family, and they just, they pull the classic Cohen, we're just going to bring you in here, and we're going to unspokenly come to your aid without communicating to each other that that's what we need to do right now. Yeah, it's interesting because at this point, Marissa is alienated from Ryan and Seth in so many ways just because of the friend group is is fractured. So she has no connection to the Coens other than, you know, Caleb being married to her mom or whatever. But she just, that's where she goes for support because she doesn't have, like, her yeah. her family is shit. So... The Coens and the Coens, no questions asked, are just like, come on in, we're going to eat these bagels and we're going to have, and it's a nice, you know, the show often has these nice moments at the end of the episodes. It's either a, cl- a, a negative, dark cliffhanger or it's some positive moment after, like light after we've been in the dark. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's this nice moment where she's interacting with the Coens and there's just a lot of love in the room between them, you know? So, um, yeah. And Ryan gives her a hug, and it's not like uh, there's no like, oh, or they're getting back together. It's just like they're all friends, you know? Yeah, it really did. He did look like it's going to be okay. Like, Mm -hmm. we're going to be okay, you know? And it was really comforting to see that moment. I just just thought it was well well written, well drawn, well directed, well performed. Mm -hmm. Um, It was good. It feels like with Marissa, it feels like the – and more and more I'm blaming – Misha Barton less for her portrayal of Marissa and more for the writers is how they've chosen to written. Because I, I feel like they just, I feel like they're sending Jimmy away to torture her, you know? And I feel like they just constantly torture her, you know? Granted, she creates some of the problems herself, but like, it's just, they just constantly are like doing some shitty thing in her life, you know? <laughs> to like, just fuck yeah. her. In a way that they don't really do it as much with Ryan's kind of like the other side of her, right? So she's kind of like he's kind of like the male equivalent of her. It's kind of troubled, blah blah blah, and they just don't torture him that same way, not as much, but not anymore. Yeah, I mean, he really got it in season one. He did, yeah, yeah. But now they've kind of moved past that, but they still keep pulling it with Marissa. But um, another song that's great in this episode is "Save This Town." 
Um, you might not have noticed it in the episode, but if you go back and listen to it, you probably will recognize it. It's by Blue Foundation. It's one of the ones on one of the soundtrack albums, and it's really good. So it's like a poppy, upbeat, happy song. But yeah, the the music in this episode was fantastic, and I didn't even that's with not me not even noticing that that was an Elliot Smith song. So well, I, I my ears are tuned for the sweet stylings of the tragic story of Elliot Smith. Elliot Smith. I, I love some Elliot Smith, man. It's good stuff. Um, I had a couple other notes. Uh, I had a lot of sling sling bags in this episode. A lot of sling bags on the show. It must have been the time when sling bags were real popular at high, in high schools. Uh, I have Zach is dreamy written down. Don't know why. Just wrote it down. Zach is dreamy. That just sounds like a statement of fact right just, there. I mean, he showed up in something I was watching last night. I can't remember what it was. I mean, it was like a current show, and I was like, is that Zach from the OC? And it was him. It looks very different now. Still dreamy though. Um, Sandy's got some balling ass sunglasses on when he's in the the Maserati with uh with Caleb. He's got these like like Arnett sunglasses on or something. They're like square and like you know it looks like a vi- like it looks like Cyclops's visor from the X Men. Yeah, or I, I, I remember seeing those and thinking that he looked like the Rock. <laughs> yeah. like, it's something the rock would wear. It's like but a little bit. I do have to yeah. correct you. It's a it's it's an Aston Martin, not a Maserati. Okay, Aston Martin. You're right. I should have known that. They say I mean, it, they say I would only I too, wouldn't. Have, they say it when yeah. when when you know somebody's stolen your Aston Martin. Yeah, well, my Aston Martin. <laughs> yeah, they make sure that they had to be like to use that car. They had to make sure that they said the the Aston Martin a certain amount of times um, yeah. on the show. Um, Which also just like kind of like generally speaking, um, this is I, I don't I don't I I don't know if I have to take it there. I mean, it's already it's been noted before, but like this show is such a portrait of like early two thousands white privilege. Yeah, that like Seth steals this car and the cops just kind of bring him back to the house. It's like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Whoopsie. Um, Whoopsie. Seth says, "Looks like the cops are here." Um, great party. Looks so like the cops are here, but, but yeah, it, it, if Seth was a person of color, that probably would have uh, had a different, um, not not as as easy of an ending to it for sure. That storyline. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Oh, I have Ben McKenzie, uh, say or Ryan says, uh, Lindsay's like, at one point, Lindsay's like. It's not like I'm your aunt or anything. And then ben, then Ryan says, thought never crossed my mind. But he delivers it really well. Um, he yeah. has a couple good lines that he gets to, like he, he's becoming like more confident in the character or something. Um, and mm-hmm. it's that was a really good moment. And um, yeah, your breath smells like Marissa. Uh, the other thing, there's a little trivia, bit of trivia. Um, Seth was throwing up at the Modest Mouse show off camera. And the next day, he's like, yep. "How much was I throwing up? Like the little girl in the Sixth Sense, or uh, blah 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 blah." Well, the little girl in the Sixth Sense is Misha Barton. Plays oh the the girl in the Sixth. Spoiler alert for the Sixth Sense: the little girl whose mom poisoned her. Um, that's Marissa. Oh that's Misha gosh. Barton. So it's they always do these little nods to the the, the actors' other roles, you know. So yeah, it was kind of funny. But- 
That's wild. Yeah. That must have been you had to. Yeah, that had to be in your in your trivia search. That was in the yeah. I, I look at the IMDb trivia for the episode every time. So and that was the. Yeah. There's not you usually know, much it. in there. I'm but, glad that you do. Yeah, and it is her. If you if you watch that scene, it, it is her. So um yeah, it's interesting episode. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, the only major thing that happens is Jimmy gets sent away. You know, but. I guess we've kind of progressed some of the relationship stuff, but I mean, there's got to be something. I guess we're moving into another arc now. We've gotten we've gotten Caleb out of jail. We've revealed the Lindsay stuff, so this is certainly this is leading into a new a new arc of maybe yeah. four episodes or something. Um, you know, so we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I get I give this episode high grades just for the modest mouse uh performance alone. <laughs> I do I do think it's I do think it's the episode with the best music in it. Yeah. It it is, yeah. Definitely stands out. Yeah. Yeah, the well, uh, there's been other ones where there's like one song that was super iconic that I was like, "Oh, I love that song." But as far as like overall, like all the songs are really good. Um Yeah, this this might be the number 1. You got anything else to say about it? I got nothing left. All right. Well, you can check us out on uh, our shitty website, IOLTOS.com. You can find us on Spotify and sometimes other places where there are podcasts. You can email us. I only like their old stuff at gmail.com. If you want to try to beg for that number one fan status. And uh, other than that, uh, we out. See you next time. Have a good night.